Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasha Zaitz. We're in the middle of a series of discussions about digitalization of healthcare in the Asia-Pacific region, but today I'd like to share with you a trailer into a topic you will hear more about in autumn and that is the right to be forgotten for cancer survivors. The term in this context refers to the right of individuals who have been cancer-free for years to access financial services. Too often, they're denied access to life insurance, mortgages and loans because they had cancer in their past. A few countries in Europe have already put in place legislation to prevent cancer survivors from suffering because of financial toxicity. And this is what you'll hear more about today. I spoke with Dr. François Mounier, member of the Belgian Royal Academy of Medicine, Director General of the European Organization for Research and Treatment of Cancer between 1991 and 2015. Dr. Mounier is also a scientific member of the European Cancer Patient Coalition. She has been advocating for the right to be forgotten for almost 10 years. What you will hear is only an excerpt of the whole discussion, which will be published later in the year. Dr. Mounier, thank you for joining this discussion about cancer survivorship and the right to be forgotten. Maybe before we begin the discussion about the development of the right to be forgotten across Europe, it would be beneficial for us to describe or define what the right to be forgotten means in the context of cancer survivors. So how would you define it? Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about uh, a topic very close to my heart. Yes, indeed, the right to be forgotten for cancer survivors is a specific uh, concept, uh, meaning that the patient who is cured should not be discriminated or penalized because he had cancer. So this is to be distinguished from the right to be forgotten uh, linked to the GDPR. This has nothing to do with a separate issue. It's just the fact that cancer should not be taken into account. In fact, it's the cancer who should be forgotten. You were the Director General of the European Organization for Research and Treatment of Cancer for 24 years, from 1991 to 2015, and you're also a scientific member of the European Cancer Patient Coalition and a member of the Belgian Royal Academy of Medicine. So I wonder, as a doctor and researcher, when did you recognize the problem cancer diagnosis presents for patient survivors? How did you get involved in the advocacy for the right to be forgotten? I initiated this, um, these activities on the right to be forgotten in 2013 when I prepared the first uh, Cancer Survivorship Summit, which took place in January 2014. And what motivated my action at that time is that I observed tremendous progress in the field of medical care for patients with cancer. 
As when I was graduated as a medical doctor in 1974, announcing the diagnosis of cancer to a patient was a death sentence. For many cancer, we had no real effective treatment, uh, and the survival rate were uh, dismissal. While uh, throughout the time of my medical career, over 45 years, I observed tremendous progress and a major uh, improvement in uh, survivorship of patients with cancer. Let it be uh, breast cancer, testis cancer, Hodgkin disease, children leukemia, many, many. Uh, but the society did not realize, did not cope with the success uh, of the medical field. And the society, meaning the employer, the banker, the insurer, did not realize that cancer was no longer a death sentence. And that's how I initiated the concept of cancer survivorship, particularly for financial toxicity. I, I, I concentrate now my activities on financial toxicity, and I was very much inspired by the French pioneer work with the first legal framework on the right to be forgotten, which was uh, agreed in 2016. So this was the initial step moving forward towards a right to be forgotten on an European level because it's unfair for other cancer survivors in other countries than France not to benefit from similar action that were taken and proven effective in France. To understand the problem better, when you say financial toxicity, can you illustrate that with patient stories that you came across? What kind of examples did you observe with patients that were kind of victims of the financial toxicity? Oh, there are plenty of examples of patients who, to whom we, medical doctor, medical oncologists, we tell you are cured, live your life. We no longer need to do all those tests and to do a follow-up every six months, perhaps once a year or even not at all. And facing that, the patient came back to us, and particularly to me, and I have two vivid examples in my close contact. Uh, saying, yes, uh, live your life, but we cannot buy an apartment or a home. The first, uh, for example, is a young woman with Hodgkin disease. She's a civil engineer, very smart. She developed Hodgkin during the last year of university. Despite chemotherapy, she succeeded her study. She is now uh, an engineer in a large company. She got two kids. She was married. She got two kids. She is now 43. And she cannot get a loan to buy a road home while she is really effective in life and, and working and well. That is one example. I'll give you another example. Uh, also a young woman, uh, a lawyer who developed brain humor more than 10 years ago. And she had to stop to work for a while. She had surgery. And then she was very well. She is a very successful lawyer. She moved from Belgium to Luxembourg. And uh, neither in Belgium nor in Luxembourg, now that we are 10 years later, she could get 
I speak about two years ago, so she had, she was at eight years after surgery. She could not get a loan. So here are two examples of uh, two very active women working, feeling well, but stopped in their uh, project in by financial, what I call, and what is called by other financial toxicity. What do patients do in such cases? So they can't get a loan. So what's usually the next step for them? Either their partner or husband can take the loan on their own name or their parents or family, or they can just decide to take a smaller home or a small apartment or not rent something instead of buying. But it's also true for other cancer survivors who need to buy, for example, a car for doing their job and so on. So it's not only restricted to loan and mortgage to buy your property, but it's also for professional loans. Mm-hmm. The right to be forgotten uh, has been most developed or the whole story has been uh, most advanced in France. And uh, that's also what inspired you. So can you describe the evolution of the right to be forgotten in France so we understand how the society took the approach towards this right? It was an initiative taken by the ANCA, Institut National du Cancer, who put together the insurer and uh, banker and, and the legal uh, responsible and decide on common agreement to initiate this uh, droit à l'oubli. Initially, in restricted framework with 10 years, so you had to wait 10 years after the end of treatment to uh, have the right to be forgotten, that is, that cancer cannot be taken against you when you ask for a loan or a mortgage. That was the main framework uh, that was put in action in 2016. And now we are in 2022 and we have uh, significant uh, feedback from the last year showing that actually it's very effective. And it's even so that recently in 2022, uh, in France, they have decided to decrease the time, the delay, from 10 years to 5 years. And in addition, another major step to me is that they announce that they are stopping to require a medical questionnaire that is really important, the medical questionnaire, in specific circumstances such as Loan of 200,000 euros per person. So it's mean if you have a partner, it's 400,000, but 200,000 per person to be reimbursed by the age of 60. So in that framework, you don't need to have a medical question, which is a significant step, which also should inspire the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, only a, a handful of countries uh, in Europe uh, are working on the right to be forgotten. So in that uh, context, 
What was the sentiment in France that these changes occur? Was the advocacy so strong? Was the public debate uh, so loud? Uh, what were the factors that contributed to these constant improvements that we see? Yes, in France, there were uh, the first uh, group of uh, patient advocacy with, uh, with breast cancer, which was extremely active and extremely instrumental. And uh, I started, as I say, in 2016, after the, the French legal framework, I started to say, yes, this is very nice, but it has to be extent. Since I have always been working on the European level, I don't see why other European citizens should not benefit from the same framework. And so, indeed, Belgium followed, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Portugal. And now there are four other countries who are actively working on such a legal framework, which is Italy, Romania, Cyprus, and Ireland. So there are four new countries trying to also implement it. But meanwhile, in parallel, the European Commission and the European Parliament has been also very much involved in this through the European Beating Cancer Plan, which was set up, which includes the right to be forgotten and uh, the action of the European Parliament through the BEGA, the Committee Against Cancer. And in addition, the uh, European uh, Commission organized also the Cancer Mission, which is a major research program on cancer. And among the priorities recommended by the board of the mission, there is also research on the right to be forgotten. So we have two major European instruments, the Beating Cancer Plan and the Cancer Mission, which are addressing the issue on the right to be forgotten. Now the concept has gone through. Um, another major step has been taken this uh, presidency under the French presidency through a political declaration which was signed by the trio, the French, the Czech and the Sweden, uh, so which is going to be pursued through the Czech presidency and the Swedish presidency. And in that political declaration, Action 24 uh, requires that the right to be forgotten would be indeed promoted throughout all the new countries. But in addition, they took one of my recommendations, which is to install, to create a network, an implementation network with experts from the five countries who have already the law, in order for the other not to reinvent the wheel and to base the legal framework on an European uh, level on the same principle, we can accept some specificity, some national specificity and modalities. For example, because the cost of housing is totally different in Luxembourg or in Romania, of in other countries, so we can adapt the the level of a mortgage, for example, but the same principle should prevail. So this is really important that this implementation network 
with expertise from countries who live it through it would be taken into account instead of accelerate the process. What the commissioner is wishing is that by 2024, the right to be forgotten would be accepted and available. Initially, as the code of conduct, which is not binding, which is guidelines, recommendation, which I don't consider it strong enough, but it has been accepted as such, and it is a first step. And I think the more we have observation of several years uh, behind us, like in France, the more people will be confident that uh, it is not a catastrophic situation. And to my knowledge, there is no single French insurance company which became bankrupt because of the initiation of the right to be forgotten. On the contrary, since now, then themselves, Teddy Mutuel in France, the largest insurer, decide to withdraw the medical questionnaire. So it shows that it is effective and it doesn't affect their financial uh, success. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health. Stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast to be notified about new episodes automatically and also visit our page on LinkedIn and follow our posts to know more about when we're going to continue the discussion about the right to be forgotten. In the next episode, we will continue with topics around Asia-Pacific. Stay tuned!